Hey, y'all, coming up on this edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast, we got 49ers Hubs, Evan Swords, and Cousin Logan. Yeah, first time having them both on the exact same podcast. So talking all things NFL because it is the Monday night show. So I uh, appreciate you guys checking out today's program. Uh, we talked uh, the Cowboys trading for Brandon Cooks. Uh, we talked about OBJ and where he might end up. Seattle is still was kind of looming out there. Uh, the Texans making their returns with the highest paid offensive lineman. The Lions remaking their secondary. Lamar Jackson and why the Patriots actually sneakily make the most sense for Lamar Jackson uh, for the last couple years here uh, for Bill Belichick in New England. Um, even a little Niners, Falcons, and Rams as well with our teams. And then we rank the five uh, head coaching hires uh, this cycle and how we'll look at them in the next three years, what situations they're walking into, and uh, how we see things unfolding three years from now for uh, for this class of NFL head coaches. So all that more coming up on today's edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast with Evan Swords and Cousin Logan. All right, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If that is how you are listening, make sure you subscribe on your preferred podcast player. Also, check us out on YouTube if you want to watch us. Yeah, all episodes on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe there. And then, as, uh, of course, you want Evan and myself and whoever we have on the guest list uh, each and every week here on the Monday Night Show. You want us to answer some NFL questions uh, or any life advice, anything like that, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up there. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. Welcome back. Chase Thomas Podcast. Taping this on a Monday night. It's a family affair on a different day. Cousin Logan is here. Logan, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's good to see Tennessee. It's still in March Madness. That's, uh, that's fun to watch. Uh, hopefully you guys can finally get some good luck this year. You know, I mean, I feel pretty good. I feel like the final four is very much in the cards with who's lost in front of them. It's a good, yeah. it's a good situation. Uh, I'm yeah, feeling pretty definitely good. good. Um, also here, my good friend here at this time, every single week, Evan Swords of 49ers hub. He's got the, the beanie on, uh, he's shaved. He's got a strong mustache going at the moment. He went snowboarding this weekend. Uh, and did not get hurt again, so good job by you, Evan. How are you? Who's to say? I'm very sore. Well, I, it can go way worse. I would choose to be sore from snowboarding over the alternative. No, like Chase Elliott is I, not I, racing cars right now because he got hurt. I did um, not break my foot running. That is correct. That, yes. Um, no. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I don't care hurt, about seriously? Tennessee football at all, so I just mm. want the record to be shown while these two talk about that. Oh, basketball, too. That's what it was, basketball. Basketball. No, how are you? Uh, why don't you give your cousin a better intro than that? That what do you sucked. Mean? What, <laughs> what do you mean? You just said, "Hey, cousin." Like not before. I've not with me. Yeah. No. What? Well, what do you not want? Here, you. you have an I've idea of what I should times. do. What is? What is it? What? How should I have done it? No, no, no. I mean, like, welcoming, welcoming back onto the podcast, my co- my cousin, full name, who uh-huh. does or cares about this thing. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, we have the same last name, so it's like... It's one of those call- weird things. I do cousin Lo- I don't know. Like, saying Logan Thomas is kind of strange. Like, the whole yeah. family. It, it's it's uh, weird. Known, known tight end. Logan Thomas. That is yeah. known tight end. 
Uh, he's yeah. a Rams guy, so that's not a great start for your, you and uh, Evan. Who I mean, I feel like I feel like me and him both got a win, you know, and that he won a su- their team won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. yeah. and they are never going to be good again. So every yeah. you know, both of us win. <laughs> yeah. We both win. It's not looking good for our near future, but dog, that we'll roster, figure something out. That roster was real. That roster's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of tough, the Dallas Cowboys, they traded for Brandon Cooks, who I really, this is like one of those under the radar things. Evan's not going to be afraid of this. Like he's not nervous about Brandon Cooks being a Dallas Cowboy. Here's the thing. Brandon Cooks is like one of the most underrated, just competent, solid receivers of the last 20 years. Like, you know exactly what you're getting out of Brandon Cooks. He's been. It doesn't matter what situation he's on. It doesn't matter if he's in New England, the Rams, the Texans. The dude is going to put up exactly what he needs to put up. He's going to be fine. He's good. He's solid. They had a, a opening with uh, Michael or Amari Cooper not being on the roster last year, and now suddenly you're like, okay, Brandon Cooks, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. That's a pretty pretty fun eleven personnel situation. You move on from Zeke. You may have the best quarterback in the NFC right now in Dak Prescott. I think the Cowboys are right now my favorite for the number one overall seed in the NFC, Evan Swartz. I've been thinking about it with the offense. I think they're going to have the best offense in the NFC next year. I just don't know why you just do constantly do this to me. Like Mm -hmm. It's such a stupid, absurd concept to have. Mm -hmm. Who's their offensive coordinator? Uh, it is Brian Schottenheimer. Oh, so you're saying it's a brand new offensive coordinator who has categorically sucked everywhere he's been. That's a problem, yeah. Okay, so so then you're going to tell me that he they, they lost continuity, mm-hmm. right? The scheme that worked, mm-hmm. right? They're gone. And then adding Brandon Cooks, that's, that's going to make them... The number one seed in the NFC. I love the defense. They keep Brett, they keep Dan Quinn around for another year. Micah Parsons is obviously great. You go up and down the list. I don't know. I think this past year was supposed to be a gap year. They were right there two years ago. I don't know, man. I'm I'm just uh I, I feel a little optimistic. Do you share that sentiment, Logan? I don't know if it's Brandon Cooks alone. You know, they've made several moves that I think getting rid of Zeke and picking up Stephon Gilmore and having, you know, someone like CeeDee Lamb, who's obviously your number one guy, and having, you know, like you said, someone that can go next to him and do absolutely anything. Like, I saw him when he played on the Rams every week. And, yeah, the guy's a stud when he can, you know, remain healthy. And I think that that's going to be a huge, huge factor. But I don't know if I would say – that automatically makes them number one in the NFC. Honestly, though, I have to look at some of the other teams right now, what happens in the free agent market overall, and before I would jump to those conclusions. So here's here's my thought process. The biggest mm-hmm. need needs for the Cowboys this offseason when it comes to the draft are going to be the offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they added Brandon Cooks. I, I mean, the Rams fan knows enough. If he If he's not hurt, he'll play well. Mm-hmm. Probably play pretty well. If he's hurt, he's not going to play well. Uh, there's a good chance because 
this is the Cowboys, that they're going to draft a running back in the first round immediately after the Ezekiel Elliott situation. Mm. They need more than a running back. And there's a good chance, what, they're going to take B. John Robinson? If he's there. I don't know if they'll fall that far. We'll see. I'm just saying, like, there's so much room for the Dallas Cowboys to do the Dallas Cowboys thing and screw Mm -hmm. things up. And, you know. But Zeke wasn't a screw up. Zeke was really good. No, Zeke wasn't a screw up, but Zeke was ended up being a. First off, paying him the second contract was a mistake. That was, yeah, that was a screw up. Yeah. You, You don't pay your running back that much money when you have Tony Pollard and he's also having injuries. Mm. And he's also overweight. There's a lot of weird stuff there. But either way, it's completely disrespectful to my San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> and I won't stand for it. <laughs> I still think the Niners are going to be great, Evan. I just don't think they're going to be the number one overall seed in the NFC. I'm Chase, saying just in seeding. Chase, I could go out and be quarterback for the 49ers, and they would beat the Cowboys. I, that's not what I'm saying, though. <laughs> I, would pick, I would pick them in a, in a playoff matchup. I would. You Even think, with all this, so I'm you're, just saying. So you're saying that you, you're you're expecting the Dallas Cowboys to just beat up an NFC East, yes. and and win a lot of games, and yes. then whatever happens in the playoffs happens in the playoffs. Right, that is what I'm saying. Yes, completely disagree. <laughs> all the, I don't know. I'm uh, Brandon Cook. Six of his seven years uh, in the NFL, he's 29 thousand yard seasons. He's never made the Pro Bowl, which I thought was weird. I would have guessed he would have gotten there at one point, but he's never made the Pro Bowl. I don't know. I think this is the best spot he's been in in a while. And obviously he was on a good Saints team at one point. Um, But, you know, we'll see. I'm just kind of very fascinated by what the Cowboys end up doing here because OBJ was seemingly like the guy and then they trade for Brandon Cooks and I think that was a better move for them. It was a better move for sure. But who does OBJ make sense for now? Like he's going to Twitter and they're like, he's asking for blank. And then OBJ is like, I'm not asking for that on Twitter. And you're like, okay, well, what is going on with OBJ? And where is the right fit? Logan, do you think it's back to Los Angeles? Does it still make sense for a return there? Would you want him back with the Rams this year? Where does OBJ make sense to you? He's not going to the Rams. I'd love to. Wanted him. I was about to say, I know. I, I would love to see him with the Rams, but I don't think he wants to come back to us. But I think his best fits are, like, the Bills or the Jets. I'd Hmm. love to see him pair up with, like, Aaron Rodgers and have uh, him with Garrett Wilson out there. That'd be a a pretty deadly duo, I think. And, you know, if you give him a quarterback like Josh Allen and, you know, make him a duo with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, are are all those guys sticking around uh, in Buffalo? Not – I know Stephon will be around, but what's Gabe Davis' contract like? good question i don't have that in front of me i'm pretty sure he's still on the books but did he get a i feel like he got an extension before last season am i remembering that correctly he is 23 so yeah his contract's gotta be uh, yeah if you put those wide receivers together with josh allen that would be that'd be pretty crazy i I think that i like that i like that fit for him i i like that a lot but i i just feel like obj is gonna end up going to seattle really yeah, because OBJ already, like, I mean, he's, what, 30, how old is he, 34? No. No, yeah. he can't be that old. He's yeah, dude. 30. He just, he's 30. Yeah. Okay, so 30 years old. Yeah, I was going to say, if Brandon Cooks is 29, there's no way he's 34. Yeah. Yeah. So 30, 30 years old, two lower, uh-huh. two lower you know, body injuries. Um, I just don't feel like 
there's the apex point of like OBJ wanting to go to a really good team and also like a team that's going to want him. I don't think it's there. So I think hmm. it's going to be a team that won't be a number one seed that won't maybe win their division, hmm. but still could make the playoffs. So I just don't see the Bills adding him. Do the Chiefs make sense? The yeah. Chiefs, the Chiefs make sense just because they always add people like that. Yeah. It's very true. I would like the Chiefs. I mean, it's just funny because I was looking at his target. I mean, he, obviously in the San Francisco game, Evan, 11 targets, uh, 113 yards in the NFC title game against y'all in 2021. Um, he's 28 at that point, but you go down his splits there. Um, got targeted a lot. That was a big year. Um, but he's 30, and I just I don't know. There's a lot of options. I, Kansas City, I think, is the most fun. Kansas City or Buffalo are probably the two most fun options for him um, i'm curious do you think obj is going to be on a team week one yes how about you yeah i think he he would be like we expected him to come back last season yeah. i'd be surprised if he wasn't playing week one or it wasn't hadn't come to terms i feel like he wants to play football and he might have to take a small pay cut but four million does seem extremely low for someone like for obj so he's going to have to find someone that will take him. But like you said, it might not be the Bills or the Jets. You know, it might be somewhere, you know, not one of those top-tier teams where he ends up. Yeah, Seattle Seahawks, man. I, I, trust Do you me, I want him it. in Seattle? Does that scare you with that group? Nothing Seattle does scares me um, <laughs> anymore. They used to terrify <laughs> me. But obviously, the Geno Smith, as much as I love him, and I think he's a great story, I'm not. I feel very confident that the, the Niners will win the division. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be afraid of it. I would actually be upset that I actually would like it a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, me, I've been always been a huge OBJ fan. Um, and I like Geno Smith. I like a good underdog story. So I think that would be a good pairing. Um, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't scare me. No, Mm. they already have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and it wasn't enough. So that's true. Um, Larry Tunsil is the highest paid offensive lineman again in the NFL. He's, it's, it's interesting to me. He's like going to have one of those careers when it's all said and done. Like, I don't think he's a hall of famer. I don't think he's on track for that, but he's obviously gobbling up just amazing contracts. He's always just been good, right? Like he's never been the best offensive tackle in football. That's never been the case. No one, he's never been graded as like PFF, whoever. Like, he's never been the number one left tackle in football. But he's been paid like it for years. And it's like, it's not a bad contract because he's not bad. Like, he's not in that, he's just good. Like, he's somewhere in that three to five range in offensive tackles in football. And there's something to be said about him just being consistently good, reliable. And now you have him locked in there. The Texans are suddenly having a pretty interesting offseason with Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans, where. I'm interested to see what they do with the number two pick. I think they go quarterback is my guess. Seems like Bryce Young feels like the most obvious option there um, for the Texans. But you look at that and you trade Brandon Cooks. Good deal for them. Um, Tuntle is one of the better left tackles in football. He gets three years, 75 mil, 50 guaranteed. But they sign Robert Woods. You have Nico Collins. You're going to get John Mechie back. Uh, Hopefully, fingers crossed there. So then that's something you did not have all of last year. Uh, 
then you just signed Dalton Schultz, tight end from Dallas, who turn, uh, who uh, did not return to Dallas, and I thought he would be staying with the Cowboys. So he's there. Suddenly, uh, you have Damian Pierce, who I like as a tailback. Um, you get Singletary in there too. The Texans suddenly they're getting a little interesting. I, I like a lot of these moves that they're doing, and I think the quarterback situation that they're walking into, whoever it is, is pretty solid. Do you do you like all of that for Houston, Evan? Yeah, I mean I'm. Obviously, just by nature, going to be very curious on what the Houston Texans do with D'Amico being the head coach there now. Are they going to be your AFC team now? Uh, no, I think that the Chargers will still be my AFC team. Shout out to okay. Justin Herbert. Um, and I can't, in good faith, uh, support anything about Texas. Um, but what I will say, though, is I think adding Jimmy Ward, first and foremost, is a great signing. Jimmy mm-hmm. Ward has been, I've said it many times on this podcast, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Uh, I'm happy to see him continuing to maybe, you know, to, to stay in the scheme uh, that he's very comfortable in with D'Amico. So I love seeing that. Obviously, you know, bringing in the little guy, not little guys, but like the little pieces like the, uh, Hassan Ridgeway played really well for the 49ers or someone I would have loved to have seen come back. So Jimmy Ward signed with the Texans too, didn't he? Dog. Literally, what I just said. Oh, I didn't yeah, hear you I was about to say that. I'm sorry. I thought you skipped that. talking about how Jimmy Ward was underrated and I was a new that piece part. that sorry, they were adding. I, I, sorry, <laughs> I did not hear that part. Uh, you know, uh, do you have Matlock on in the background? No, I'm, Is that what's going I literally on? was moving no. my notes. I'm sorry. I'm just, I thought, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I also love that they traded for uh, Shaq Mason. He's a yeah. really good guard. So, I don't know that they're going to be a 10-win team next year, but I really do love what they've done to build the foundation. Damian is such a good running back. Yeah. So exciting. And he's a ro- he was a rookie last season. So when you look at like the Kyle Shanahan, which it's not necessarily that. It's more of the D'Amico, whatever. But like the Kyle Shanahan scheme, you've got a good running back. You know, you've got uh, – they're going to have the best quarterback in the draft, uh, most likely. You know, you've, you're building your offensive line out. Uh, the defensive line is really going to be the next thing that if you want D'Amico, uh, D'Amico Ryan-led offense to, to thrive, you're going to need a good pass rush. So it's going to probably take two years, but I do love what they're doing. What do you think, Logan? Yeah, I think that they're all – they're. Like, you know, making moves that they need to make in because, you know, they're always rebuilding. Obviously, like the Texans have been doing this forever, but I'm not sure. Like you said, Laramie Tunsil, I don't know if that's the greatest move. Did you hear about uh, what Pat McAfee was talking about, about his uh, advisor that is like not allowed to do negotiations negotiations with the NFL, but has gotten lots of like huge contracts for all these players and is just like some expert advisor. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a weird situation that like you said, he's not he hasn't ever been the best and he's getting paid like it. So I don't know if that's the best move for them. But besides that, I think a lot of the moves they're making in the offseason so far are, are benefiting their 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 future. Yeah, I mean the big thing that everyone's been talking about is the three-year contract, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, especially Duke Mayweather and some of the other big you know, offensive line guys on Twitter, have been just talking about the offensive linemen getting a three-year contract is the best way for them to go. And I think Tunsil's a very good example of how it can work. Um, you can't not not pay him like the you know the best offensive tackle in the NFL just the same way that Jimmy Garoppolo was at one point the best highest paid uh, quarterback in the NFL. 
So it's just the nature of the business. And I think it was a really smart move on his part. I, I would be curious to see if this is maybe going to change soon the way contracts are written. Mm -hmm. I also just think there's some, there's just value in having good and available. Like Jake Matthews is never going to be the best left tackle in football. He's never been close, but he's been good. Like Jake's somewhere in the 5 to 10 range for the Falcons year over year. He's fine. He'll probably be good to great for the next five years too. If you made him the highest paid tackle in football, I wouldn't be upset as a Falcons fan. That would be fine. Like that would just be like, hey, he's consistent. He plays in every game. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about the side. There's something. There's something to that. Um, I think not everyone can have a Trent Williams like Evan. Like that's just not a not a possibility. And you just saw what life is like uh, without a big time left tackle this past year, uh, Logan. Uh, with the Rams, uh, when those players retire, it can get ugly. Uh, yep. In a hurry. Um, the Lions are remaking their secondary. Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, Cam Sutton, uh, VFL, and Emmanuel Mosley, who Evan knows quite well. 49ers legend. 49ers legend. The Lions are quietly, sneakily having a really good offseason, too. I mean, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers out of the division, the Vikings making moves to kind of take a step back. It certainly feels like the Lions are not messing around with their weak spot in the linebacker court in the secondary and beefing up their last little bit of uh, uncertainty. And I mean, you still have Jeff Akuda there, who was a lot better this past year. I don't know, Logan, are you pretty high on what the Lions are doing and how they're, how they're approaching their offseason thus far? Yeah, they really needed to focus on their defense. They're obviously one of the worst defenses in the NFL and most that most important categories and yeah they obviously needed to focus on the defense before doing anything on offense and I think picking up guys like Emmanuel Mosley, Garner Johnson and Cameron Sutton are, are huge pickups and completely changes their entire defense so I think that was those are definitely important moves. Evan what are they getting in, Emo, in Emmanuel Mosley? Oh he's just he's constantly how do I put this? He's just so solid and he's constantly overplaying his value. He's always doing better than you expect him to. He like steps up to the play every single time. We, you know, he came in as a, I think an undrafted free agent, like a lot of times, you know, like fans had like some hesitancy with, he was coming in to like, you know, replace someone who was injured. And he just every time stepped up to the plate and then all of a sudden became a solid starter, uh, you know, opposite of Richard Sherman. And uh, last year obviously had, a, had an injury that was unfortunate. But I, I, you're really going to get a hardworking, uh, all-around good football player. He's a good – he's just a – he's like the, the most pure example of Kyle Shanahan's we just want good football players and good people dynamic. They also have five picks in the first 85 in the draft coming up in a month. Um, I just, the Lions, two first rounders, two second rounders. Jameis Williams came back late. I think he's going to be awesome for them. I just look around. I'm like, this Lions team, they're the favorites in the NFC North. I think this is uh, this is about to be the best Lions team and the Lions, best Lions situation in my lifetime, uh, which, is, which is pretty remarkable. But shout out to them. Um, Evan, I was thinking about this this week, and it's a team that has not been brought up really all that much for Lamar Jackson. Can you make the case against the Patriots trading for Lamar Jackson, signing him to the offer sheet, and then just doing the trade? Why would, yeah. if you're New England, why would you not do this? 
because New England doesn't ever do anything cool or fun. But wouldn't <laughs> that be cool and fun? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, can't we hope? That would I mean, be, I mean, in, if, I don't if you're want, Bill Belichick, look, why would you not? Like, you get to write out, who look, cares about five years from now, Lamar Jackson? Lamar's way too cool for New England, across the mm. board. Cam Newton went. I know. Did you not just see Jalen Brown talking the other day? Who? Yeah, but that was like struggling Cam. Cam that Newton was like begging a football team to take him. Yeah, like, I know. No, did you? Uh, Jalen Brown of the the Boston Celtics the other day was talking about mm. how he had trouble starting businesses in Boston, how he had trouble uh, buying a home, and because obviously because he was black. And you think Lamar Jackson, one of the coolest African American athletes, who's also one of the best period 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 athletes period period. I like. I just I hate that fit. I would be so upset if Lamar – I would literally boycott the NFL if I had to see Robert Kraft and Lamar Jackson together. <laughs> I'd be furious. And then let's just talk about it from a, like a practical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Their weapons are terrible. Their roster's still he's not He's used to that. He hasn't had receivers in Baltimore yeah. for years. You think yeah. that he's going to go from what he's had to deal with that whole time and that where he's going to try and go next is somewhere that's worse? No, we want Lamar to thrive. I think it'd Why be can't he go though. to Atlanta? Not ready. Atlanta's not ready. Well, not with that. They don't attitude. have the pieces. They're not ready. <laughs> Wait, not hold ready. on. Eng- New England's ready? I think New England. The New England is- just spent like like the most amount of money ever on in an offseason like free agent spending two seasons ago, and mm-hmm. half of those guys are gone now. Well, no, they still have an elite defense. Like the defense is still there. They are going to have one of the five to ten best defenses in football. Maybe maybe even better. Bill O'Brien's walking the door. Bill O'Brien did great work with Bryce Young over the last two years at Alabama. I think he would do good work with Lamar. It's not like Matt Patricia still calling plays for the Patriots this year. I mean, you have Ramondre uh, Stevenson, who I like a lot. He's uh, I, I like that compliment. You have Hunter Henry. They just signed Mike Gusecki. I mean... The offensive line should be solid. You have Trent Brown at the left tackle spot. Your uh, 49ers legend, Kendrick Bourne. Juju's over there now. Tyquan Thornton in the second round last year. I don't hate it. I think that's the team for me. I think the if I am running the Pats, that is the one who makes the most sense to me, is Lamar. It's like, Bill Belichick, how many more years is he going to coach football? How many, like, are you really going to ride out with Mac Jones? Is that really how this ends for you? Is you're going to do five years of Mac Jones and retire? If you're Bill Belichick, is that really how you want to go out? Or do you want to go out with one of the five best quarterbacks in football right now? See what happens. Roll the dice. Give up some picks that aren't going to matter to you anyway. Because you're going to be retired and gone. Just do it. Like, I feel like that's the one that is not being talked about enough. Lamar Jackson to the Pats. Give up the two first rounders. Give him the contract. The AFC East would be an absolute bloodbath. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Tua and the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel. And then Josh Allen and the Bills. That would be unbelievable. That'd be do you, fun. Do, do we think that Mac Jones is done in New England from like a long-term perspective? Like, do you think that they have any hope or faith in him as a quarterback? It seems no, because it like everything that's being leaked is not a good sign. Like, what's already yeah. being leaked out of there is not great. It feels like someone in that building does not want Mac Jones to be the long-term guy based on stuff that gets out. Where I'm like, that's not something that should get out about your franchise quarterback. That's a bad look. Someone's saying stuff. They should not be saying to people. <laughs> Seems like it might be Belichick. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but like it it's not great. And then when you have the discourse of like, are we sure Billy Zappi's not better than Mac Jones? Like are we are we sure? Um, I don't know. 
it's uh, it's not great. Would you do Trey Lance for Mac Jones right now, Evan? Hell no. <laughs> Abso- would you not? No. I would actually do that if I'm the Niners. No way. Are you kidding me? First off, Brock Purdy is better than Mac Jones. Like, not like I don't believe eight, that. No, hold on. Of- hold Brock on. Purdy you don't believe Ma- that. You don't believe that. I don't have to. It's not a matter of belief. It's fact. Did you not watch him play last year? Uh, I mean, one time that Mac Jones did anything like that last year. I've seen Nick Mullins thrive in that San Francisco Kyle Shanahan mm, offense. Nick Mullins, threw, not like that, not like Brock Purdy did. That's Nick, not the same. Nick Mullins threw a bunch of yards when the team was trailing from behind, losing every single game they were in. Brock Purdy went in and beat playoff football teams. Mm-hmm. That's not the same. But you don't think Mac Jones could have done a better job than what Purdy did? Absolutely not. Listen, listen, Mm. I want Trey Lance to stay just because I am one of those people that truly believes in that potential of ceiling. I will Mm. bet on – I will do scratch it. I will will take uh, equity and stock options in companies Uh that are never going to – like I just – I love to believe in – like I said, I love an underdog story. So I am going to – be you know team Trey Lance as much as I humanly can because he does have that high athletic ceiling. He does have the incredible athleticism that he showed, and I want to see what that can come to. That said, even though I am a huge Trey Lance fan, what Brock Purdy did last year was not some fluke. Mm. I, I have seen bad quarterbacks playing Kyle Shanahan's offense multiple times. Brian Hoyer, C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins. I will not say Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, <laughs> not bad. But I have seen really bad. And, you know, like you said, Nick Mullins put up a bunch of yards when they were playing from behind because they could not win a football game. Th- that was not that. Mac Jones is about as, like, he is, like, literally, like, flavorless, plain Greek yogurt. He is as boring as it gets. He is just middle of the road. I He should have been drafted in, like, the fourth round. But you don't think he could get you that uh, Kyle could get Mac Jones and this Niners defense in this group to the Super Bowl. Like, you know exactly what you're getting in Mac Jones. Purdy's coming off an injury. Trey Lance is a huge unknown. Would you really not ride with Mac Jones for a year and think you could win the Super Bowl? Whatever you think that he could do with with Mac Jones, I Mm. believe he could do more with Trey Lance. Mm. Trey Lance, you have to remember, uh, when he was able to play before he broke his ankle – was like the cause of like a really impressive run game and was making some really impressive throws. He had a couple touchdowns that were like just very good throws. I have seen it. There's just a very small sample size. I would rather have that small sample size knowing that Kyle does have an offense that he used with Jimmy Garoppolo that is just run the ball and save. I would rather Trey Lance run that with the opportunity to make a couple plays here and there that are off script than have – Mac Jones, who looked like he just ate like an all you eat, you know, all you can eat buffet at IHOP mm-hmm. playing quarterback. Does IHOP have all you can eat buffets? I don't know. I'm sure he's no. Yeah, Denny's sure has all you can eat pancakes. Yeah, that. Sometimes. I'm familiar with this. Uh, hold on. What is the. Are you a Denny's guy, Logan? <laughs> no, no, no. My dad just used to take us there and make us he's, compete. He's just, <laughs> a, he's just a man. He's just my, a man with knowledge. My my dad would take us there and he wouldn't make us compete. He'd be like, Let, "Let's go to Denny's. We'll see you can eat the most pancakes." And like me and Kyle would be eating like six, seven pancakes when we were like 
10 or 11 years old and I'd just like die, bro. That was so much so Hold on, many, how many pancakes. pancakes are you scarfing down in this moment like in one sitting? <laughs> it was like yeah, dude, I had like 7, 8 pancakes. Kyle had oh. like 9. Yeah, and then we went home and I like saw Denny's commercial come on and I was like I think I might die right now. Like yeah, but what's the most amount of food you've eaten one, in one sitting? Most amount of food I've eaten in one sitting. Sober. Yes. Dude, I have no idea. One time I ate like 20 White Castle burgers. I've eaten like 20 tacos, uh, like street tacos. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what the most I've ever eaten in a sitting is. But yeah, I've eaten like huge, huge portions of like spaghetti and stuff like that. I don't know. Evan, what's Kyle the most eats more than I do in one sitting. What have you? What's the top for you? Dog, I've been on Adderall since I was in like sixth grade. There's no, there's no high high end amounts of food eating. It is. Wait, what does Adderall do? Suppresses the shit out yeah. of your appetite. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Trying to eat on Adderall is like a like fighting roll wrestling a bear. It's really? Not, That's what. I take I Vyvanse, and I like if I want to eat, if like I I won't take it. Like my, if I wanted to like actually eat. My uh hmm. my my process of how I handle things is I do like a 850 calorie protein shake in the morning mm-hmm. at, before Adderall kicks in. And hmm. then I I'll have like a light lunch maybe and then eat dinner. What do you put in the protein shake for 850 calories? A cup of oats, a banana, four strawberries, uh collagen peptides, but it's just a powder, it's not really anything. Uh two scoops of protein, honey, and two big scoops of natural peanut butter. Oh, that sounds yeah. good. It's very was, good. I've been doing it forever. I was waiting for you to say peanut butter. I was like, he's going to put peanut butter in. Oh, 100%. It's the best. I, dog, I've ate more peanut butter in the last eight years than like 99.9% of people I would imagine on earth. <laughs> do you do peanut butter out of the jar? Uh, I, I do natural peanut butter out of a jar in the protein shake. I don't like eat a whole. Okay. I do that. Like uh samantha hates that i do this don't I, don't get me wrong i would do it if it's i so good i would never not i would dude apples in peanut yeah. butter it's amazing oh it's that's that's top-notch stuff i don't know our cousin um uh clayton i've watched eat two all waffle house all-star specials in one sitting and that I was, was about to say kyle does that all the time i just <laughs> Kyle though it's funny too and uh, I hope Kyle listens to this because Kyle would like I always thought it was hilarious like he went when, when I stayed with them uh, out there uh, Evan he just like went to the store and bought all these steaks like he just bought a bunch of steaks and just was eating steaks all week he was just grilling out Dude, some steaks he now just, he eats like a bird though like he's eating he really? like salmon salads and shit for dinner with his wife and I'm like what have you become? I mean, salmon is fire, though. I mean, no, it's delicious. It's delicious. It's just like what he used to do is like he called me a minute ago, too. But he used to like, bro, it was my birthday and we went out to a steakhouse and this guy got a like, it was like a 50 something ounce steak. And you would see you like cook it yourself at like, you know, at like a grill, like, you know, a big grill for like everyone and like. Dude, he's cooking the steak and he has to like burn it to actually get it to cook, like because it's so thick and he's like has to cook it like really hot, really quick, and it was like my arteries. Dude, it was like this big, and he ate the whole thing and then started finishing other people's steaks. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that's insane yeah. but also he, doesn't surprise me i've never seen anyone eat as much steak as cousin yeah. kyle um the man liked his steak but he's out he's when you get married steaks out you've you switch from steak to salmon yeah. um the last big thing i wanted to touch on here i wanted to grade the nfl coaching hires there was only five it felt like there were going to be more uh heading into the offseason but there were only five it was sean payton shane steichen 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 i think it's steichen jonathan gannon D'Amico Ryans and Frank Reich. I want to do a round table here. If you had to guess three years from now, which is about, I think, enough time to get a good gauge of how things went and enough time to see if they're going to pan out. If you had to rank uh, one through five, or do five through one to see um, who does the best to, or worst to best. Evan, we'll start with you. How do you think we'll look at these five hires from worst to first three years from now? Hmm. I'm going to get the list up so I can look at it again because I know Gannon's last. Gannon's last? Yeah. I think I agree. Uh, Let's see. So in terms of like, what? So we're are we ranking it and who wins the most games right away or who? No, in three five years, years from now we do this pod and we revisit and we're like, who these the were best the hires? best hires. Like now that we can see the three year sets, these were the the best hires in order. Best to worst. Yeah. So best, I do think that D'Amico is going to be the best. Hmm. The only the the reason why I say that is one momentum. Two, he's young, he's smart, he's very good at what he does. Uh, the biggest part of the equation for why I think he'll be the best is because players love him. He's shown that the scheme he can handle calling plays, he can handle the defenses, but players love D'Amico. Every time you've heard any single NFL player talk about D'Amico Ryans, whether it's J.J. Watt, a former teammate, or anybody that played on the defense last year, and people on the offense too, they love D'Amico Ryans. And I think when you have that kind of respect and you know how to do things the right way, you can get it done, which is obviously the opposite for Gannon. Mm. I want... I want to be excited about Frank Wright. I hope he has a better shot with the Panthers. I do think they're in a good position um, to, to, you know, obviously have finally a quarterback, right? Uh, so I, I think them at two makes sense to me. Uh, I'm just worried, though, because the Panthers haven't exactly – I mean, they've been struggling for so long. Uh, I'm going to actually put Shane Steichen of the Colts ahead of Sean Payton. Hmm. and. And the reason why is I think the Broncos, that is like the exact opposite of what happened when Peyton Manning went to Denver. I think it's just Russell Wilson was so bad last year, not because I hate him, not because of unforeseen circumstances. He was just bad. And I don't know that that can be fixed with Sean Payton. So Hmm. I'll say Steichen, then I'll say Sean Payton, and then Gannon. I don't hate that. Uh, Logan. Five to one. What would you do? Um, well, honestly, I'm not as good with the coaches in the NFL, so I'm not going to have such advanced analytics on them. But I have Gannon at five, mm. Reich at four, Payton at three, Steichen at two, and D'Amico at one. Hmm. And most, of, uh, a lot of those are because of the points that he just made, but... Uh, yeah, I just think that with Reich, you know, just coming off being the coach from the Colts, didn't have much success there, and the Panthers have been a dumpster fire basically since 
that 20, what, 13 season, 2015, 20, whenever they played, 2015, when they lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Mm. I, I, they haven't been very good since Cam, so I don't see them doing very well. I feel like Peyton isn't going to make much of a difference when it comes to the Broncos just because, like he was saying, how bad they were last season. Um, and then, uh, how, yeah, you don't, are you, you're not sure how to say this guy's last name, Steichen or Steichen? I think it's Steichen, right? I don't know. It just looks like Steichen. I don't don't go by it. what I said. I don't have any concept and I'm terrible with names. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Steichen is uh, number two because he's had success where in his last two teams when he was coaching with the uh, Chargers and Eagles. And then I have, yeah, D'Amico basically for everything that, uh, uh, that he said. Yeah. I have D'Amico too. All right. Here's my one through five or five through one. I think the worst, I don't think it's a question. I think it's a distant five is Jonathan Gannon. I don't see how any of this works. I think this all blows up. I don't think Kyler is long for Arizona. I think DeAndre Hopkins might be out this off season. I just, uh, I'm out. I, I would sell all your, your Cardinal stock if I were you. I think they're headed for a rebuild. I think it's going to be bad. So he's a distant five. Four, though, might surprise some folks. Four, I have Sean Payton. No coach has ever, ever done what Sean Payton's trying to do, which is win the Super Bowl at uh, two different stops. Never happened. Um, as we talked about, I think you and I, Logan, a few uh, a few months back. Just not, doesn't happen, weirdly enough. They've been, they never won two at two different places. If I... If Sean had made the point to be like, I'll take the job if you trade Russell Wilson or you take a quarterback in the first round, like there's a mandate, then I would probably be a little bit more optimistic about how this marriage goes. But based on what we saw from Russell last year and him being tied to fixing Russell Wilson in Denver, I don't think that's going to happen. It also doesn't help that they're in the same division as the Chargers and the Chiefs. It's just, I don't see a path. I, I think this was a mistake on Sean Payton's part to take this job. I think he should have waited another year, seen what happened in LA. And if it goes awry again, I think Brandon Staley probably would have been out. And then you could just take the Chargers job and take over with Justin Herbert, which would have been a much, much better situation. So I think that was probably a mistake on Payton's part. So I'm putting him at four. Three, Shane Steichen. I think he's the biggest what if where I'm like, I think he'll be fine. Indy hasn't been bad. Over the last couple of years, they just kept swinging and missing on the veteran quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers. Just never – there was the guy. It seems like they're going to draft their guy now, and he has a good track record with quarterbacks and stuff like that. So there's still a lot of talent on the roster. I would not be surprised if he has success there. Modicum of success, like 500 or a little bit better. Number two, D'Amico Ryans, for all the reasons that Evan and Logan laid out there. I think he's really good, and I think they're going to draft Bryce Young. At number two, and I think they're going to be a really good team. I think uh, they're going to be right there at seven, eight wins uh, right away. And I think the defense can be pretty solid and will eventually be elite. And then I like uh, the offensive staff, guys. Did you know uh, Josh McDaniel's brother is the wide receiver coach? Lane Kiffin's brother is the linebacker's coach. Old friend Bill Lazor is the senior offensive analyst. That man has been in this league forever. In all, I think he's coached at every single stop at this point but it's a it's a lot of wait that guy's still in this league um on the on the texans coaching staff at this moment but uh that's all true and then number one i think it's frank reich i think he being able to draft your quarterback who you want at number one they trade up the nfc south sucks tampa bay, tampa bay is heading for a rebuild 
Um, New Orleans is fighting like hell to avoid a rebuild, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't like the car signing and them just kicking the can down the road. Kamara's on the back nine of his elite era. Uh, Michael Thomas can't stay healthy. I'm just, I'm not a believer. Losing a lot more talent on defense, not a Saints guy. So I think there's a path for the Panthers to do a pretty quick turnaround. They draft CJ Stroud, number one overall. You can just see it. They've been active, signed Miles Sanders this uh, uh, offseason, bringing Adam Thielen. I think they're serious about it. I think they're going to be aggressive, and I think they're going to try and win. I would not be surprised. And Frank Wright was never bad uh, in Indianapolis. He still won a lot of football games. He was solid. He just never had his his own guy, and I think he's going to get his own guy in uh, Carolina. And that staff is top-notch that he's put together um, in Carolina. So I would go uh, Frank Wright, number one. Um, so I think the Falcons and the Panthers will be going to war atop the NFC South for the next three to five years is my guess. There you go. That was fun. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> we'll end on this. Quickly. Matt Stafford, would you trade him this summer? Logan, would you do it? Do you want Matt? Do you even... Two things. Do you, Would you trade him? <clears throat> and two, do you want Matt Stafford to still be the Rams quarterback next year? I definitely want him to be the Rams quarterback next year. Um... God, if I say if I were to say yes, my mom would actually kill me. She'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she'd be like, "Oh, you want to trade?" You know, no, I, I want to see Matthew Stafford stick around for a little while longer. See how he does. You know, yeah, last season wasn't our best performance, but he was out with injury earlier. Not early, but you know, before we got to the end of the season. So, yeah, I'd like to see him stick around. I wouldn't want to trade him just yet okay um what about you evan i mean if i'm being just very blunt to me it seems like sean mcveigh is maybe just having his buddies for one or two more years i don't know what he's trying to accomplish i was very surprised he came back um i'm very surprised that matthew stafford came back if I'm Matthew Stafford, I'm retiring. I don't know why you do the Brady thing, I don't, but who knows? Uh, it depends on how serious his injuries are. If Matthew Stafford's healthy, like really healthy, and can recreate what he did in the Super Bowl run, like I think that changes really everything. But I think in, in what we're looking at right now is maybe not a 100% Matthew Stafford coming back to a really struggling Rams roster. So you can't trade him. The value's not there. The contract, you can't trade him. Uh, and I don't know who would want him for that price. So I think you just got to, like, you know, let him do his thing. And uh, maybe he can be a, he can be the soft landing for the rebuild that's going to be happening. I don't know. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what ultimately happens here. But either way, this is uh, going to be an interesting offseason for the Rams as they continue to figure out if they're going to do a full-on teardown, rebuild, retool. I don't, I don't really know uh, what they do. Nothing would surprise me in L.A. with the Rams. Um, Cousin Logan, Evan Swartz, thank you as always, my friends and family. It's weird to say both on this very podcast, but that's true. Um, that's all I've got. Thank you as always, and I'll talk to you next week, Evan. And Logan, I'll talk to you very soon. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.